0: 24 bottles of milk on the wall, 24 bottles of milk, take one down, pass it around, 23 bottles of milk on the wall.
1: 23 bottles of milk on the wall, 23 bottles of milk, take one down, pass it around, 22 bottles of milk on the wall.
0: And it's like this, with a gradual, sometimes annoying repetitiveness, which barely counts as musical, but the hours in a day... The years in a life, the petals on a tulip—we all wish to freeze in time at their prettiest—all drift away.
1: Hey, everyone! Welcome back to Solacine. The episode where we make you consider the mortality <laughs> and the mundanity of life, and the brevity. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yes. I didn't know how to finish that little poem. I was going to say I was going to make a little like ironic joke to try and. Make a more overt connection to the internet semester and end this kind of, as you say, life considering like reckoning of a of a poem with something like "might as well fight with strangers on Twitter." But I just feel like I don't know. That's been on my mind recently. Mm-hmm. It's some some somewhat related to the internet, right? I turned twenty-four, so that's why we started with twenty-four mm-hmm. bottles on the milk
1: Makes on sense. the wall.
0: Chocolate milk, it would be for me.
1: Of course.
0: And there's 24 hours in a day, so it felt like a significant birthday.
1: Certainly. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, for real though. Welcome back to Solacene, the podcast where we imagine a beautiful, sustainable, tactile future. This is the internet semester where we are imagining a internet that would be a part of an- a beautiful future. Whereas right now, the internet greatly contributes to a slightly ugly present. Mm. So we're going to be answering three questions this week. The first is, why do we have an impulse to share? The second, what are some beautiful websites that you know of? And the third, what's the difference between likes and comments?
2: Yeah.
0: But before we begin, we have a slightly ugly present of our own to give to you, the, the listeners. It's not. It's very pretty.
1: We have finally finished the internet scene. It has beveled edges. It is sleek, can fit in an envelope, and it's (laughs) really nice. We should have. I think, did we do that with the first one? Maybe. But it's the internet scene, so it's all about the internet. It's one continuous essay, whereas the last scene was every single page was different. This one kind of combines the intellectual nature of the first two With the artsy nature of the third scene, if you have been collecting them, it is $9 available on our website.
0: Yeah, it's handmade by us, hand-sewn. And this is my favorite one so far, to be honest. Really? I feel like as a salesperson, you should say that every time, Mm -hmm. but I I mean it. Oh, This is my favorite one so far. I really like the... I was just staring at it this morning when we made it, and I was like, this is so cute. (laughs) Cute is the word for it.
1: It is cute.
0: So rather than being a slightly ugly present, actually, I feel like this is a this would be a really nice gift. Mm-hmm. It's gift season coming up, the holidays, so people might be listening to this in December. So, yes. yeah.
1: <laughs> Just really bad marketing. Well, it's Christmas, so <laughs> buy it, and you're like, well, it's... Anyway, so yeah, it's cool. It's informative, I think. Yeah. And the idea behind the zines in the first place was that the podcast is obviously completely digital. You can't interact with it physically. So we wanted to give people the opportunity to kind of touch our touch, touch our brains, yeah. touch our brains. Yeah. And so this is a little bit of a interactive experience as usual. And yeah, they're fun.
0: Yeah. If you want to support scene without having to pay, subscribe yeah. to the podcast and leave a review or a rating.
1: Yeah, very helpful. Or follow on YouTube.
0: Yeah, we're on YouTube. So we've seen podcasts on YouTube. Watch us sweat. Oh, my
1: goodness. <laughs> it's like we just discovered that Panasonic's old catchphrase was slightly ahead of the curve. Yeah. So it seems like for you, for the podcast, is watch us sweat. So well, I don't
0: know what else to say. <laughs> I'm very, very bad at being at self-promoting. It's true. We should probably leave this till the end of the episode so we don't turn people off. <laughs> here we are.
1: Okay. So the first question we're going to answer is what's the different cognitive reactions to liking, sharing, commenting, because obviously they all have very different impacts on us, or maybe it's not so obvious, but we'll get into that. Okay,
0: I wasn't really thinking about the brain so much here, because all we decided was comments versus other types of online interactions. Mm -hmm. So I was basically just thinking about the functionality of it. Yeah. So I had this quote, let me know your thoughts on it, that I found online, which says, comments are like the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. The sugary goodness that adds flavor to our day. Comments turn posts into conversations. Sometimes these conversations turn into friendships. And sometimes these friendships span the globe.
2: Because hmm. my
0: initial reaction to this was, no. <laughs> no, they don't. Comments, like how often do people make meaningful friendships, I wonder, from comments? I just feel like that doesn't, doesn't happen. Unless you bond in being a hater. Yeah. Perhaps, I don't I just don't really see that very I don't often. think
1: I've ever seen that or even thought that. DMs, DMs maybe? That's, that's, like that's where, different. That's
0: where bridges are built,
1: Yeah, I think, or burnt. But you're not going to do it in the comments section because it's public. Mm. And I feel like in the early days of social media, everything was kind of public. Like you'd post on people's Facebook walls and things like that. Yeah, the
2: walls. What happened to that?
1: So I think people realized they probably shouldn't be posting all their conversations in yeah. the open. They moved into DMs a bit more.
0: So now the wall is reserved for birthdays?
1: Birthdays or like status updates, got a new job.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you're posting on somebody else's. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I was kind of guessing at with the, with the comments. The wall actually is a good,
2: mm-hmm. a
0: good kind of gets at the heart of it because, for instance, let's say you're posting a like, happy birthday on someone. It's like, why not message them? Yeah. So there is a kind of, there is a publicness to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's all bad, but that is the fundamental difference, right? Yeah. I also think it depends on the platform a little bit because some websites, the comments will allow you to, gain some form of clout you know mm-hmm. what I mean through an upvote or through a like or through a through a share so sometimes I, I get the sense that comments are very kind of playing to the crowd
2: yeah you know I, what think I mean so. like the,
0: the, the first few you can almost always predict exactly what they're going to be and people don't say them because they feel a need to get this thought out it's a little bit more like oh if I write this I'll get likes mm-hmm. I think sometimes happens
1: yeah, I mean, Twitter is kind of all about that, replying, retweeting, Ratioed. all these things. Ratioed, what does that mean?
0: I think on Twitter, this is going to make me sound so ignorant if I get it wrong, but I think ratio means a reply to a tweet which gets more engagement than the original tweet. Ah, uh, okay. So, like, if two people are, are feuding, mm-hmm. then the comments, if that gets a significant more amount of traction than the original post then people say it was ratioed. Okay. I, th- I think.
1: That makes sense.
0: I just think if I if I got that wrong, it would make me seem very unqualified to talk about the internet. But this podcast is all about recognizing our... Our
1: weaknesses. Our weaknesses.
0: But I was kind of with that Lucky Charms analogy, which I disagree with. I was wondering, what is the point of comment sections? If it isn't to make friends, which it isn't, what is the benefit? Or is it just generalizing too much to say all comment sections? Is there... No, I
1: think they're pretty similar. Okay. I mean, we think about even news outlets have comment sections on their articles. They do, yeah. You can review like an Amazon purchase, which is kind of the same thing as a comment purchase. Yeah, that's a little different, I suppose.
0: I suppose product reviews, that's very useful, of
1: course. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's kind of a different category. I think it is. But then whenever you think about the YouTube comments or comments on an Instagram post, it's always canned statements yeah, it's never I mean. like something insightful because you're really putting yourself out there your name is attached to it for the most part right. and
0: looking great king with like a flex emoji yeah and crown. exactly
1: <laughs> and it's like at that point you basically might as well like but drafting a comment does take a bit more energy hmm. whereas a like takes zero energy yes a comment is a bit more people are more likely to comment if they're very personally impacted or even like mentioned in the in the the original captions so for example i was just looking at a post on instagram and someone said thanks for the art then tagged the artist and it's like obviously the artist is going to comment on that for one reason or another either to like get there so people will click on their profile and say, like, oh there's this artist it's cool
0: appreciate your support
1: yeah exactly thumbs up yeah so it's like if you're ex- explicitly mentioned in the comment in the first place, you're more likely to comment on it. Or if it's like, love my gal pals, and all the gal pals would comment and say, love you too. Or I look so crazy in that picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, if there's a random person who wasn't in the picture, who wasn't one of the gal pals, Ooh. they're less likely to comment. Of
0: course.
1: Maybe they'd DM and say, why wasn't I invited? How
0: come you cropped me out?
1: Yeah, how come you cropped me <laughs> out? But, yeah.
0: I feel like this could be a solo scene like, segment. Where you talk and I do comments like we were on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. Okay. So I'm also not on Instagram, so I'm just guessing about all of these.
1: Hmm. I was reading an article about all the different hypotheses, hypotheses that this one random guy had about likes versus comments.
0: Guess it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop.
1: And he said that people are more likely to comment on posts of the same. Statuses them so like I'd be more likely to comment on your post than someone that I thought was less cool than me or someone
0: mm. what do you mean status popularity
1: popularity like I'm Good. talking very high school I think I um, think it's all very high school yeah and then you're not going to comment on like the cool kids post but you would p- comment on like a celebrities because mm. there's like that distance between the you. crowd so there's different like tendencies to so, comment
0: so you might like the, the cool kids post yeah because your like is invisible in a sense. Mm-hmm. You have to click it and see. Yeah. Um, but your comment is throwing yourself out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It also was saying that likes are really easy to like pretend to be present. Because I remember in high school, mainly middle school, I guess I should say, that if I posted a picture and then all of my friends didn't like it, it'd be like a thing that they would get upset. It was like, why didn't you like it? And it's like, saying i didn't see it wasn't an option because back then you would always see people's posts so it's like you didn't like it like why so it's almost a ingrained you have to like your friends' posts even if is that yeah okay from what i gather from my experience and from what i was reading a bit online that there's this obligation to be present in air quotes in your friends' lives by interacting mm. with their posts and I also think it's like an acknowledgement of, oh, I saw this, so the next time you meet up with them, they know that you've seen their post, so they don't have to like fill you in on that thing to an extent. Okay, it's kind of weird.
0: So but... many likes, but who who do we really like? I'm trying to think about reasons why, in the solo scene the utopia, we still have comment sections. We mentioned the reviews mm-hmm. for products; that's good. Your Yelps.
1: Good to ask questions.
0: Oh, so it's about asking questions of your fellow commenters.
1: Yeah, I think.
0: Is it about, I think it's more about gauge, gauging opinion. Hmm. I'm just wondering, you know what I mean? Like you, you you, scroll down on the article, you see what the top few people are saying. And you're like, okay, people, are, this is where the consensus is generally. Hmm. So it's a good way of scoping things out like that. I'm wondering yeah. if that's a necessary function.
1: I think it keeps it slightly more democratic. I don't know if that's the word for it, but slightly more transparent if people are able to comment. Yeah. It's a bit annoying how it always evolves into just, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, basically, even if it's just in the comments. But I've always found asking questions, yeah, getting a sense for what people think of it is useful because it kind of gives context. Because you might read a Guardian article and it's just really not something you would expect the mainstream to like, but then you see all the comments and they're all like... Not into what they're saying or the well perspective exactly. They I talk. mean, sometimes
0: you read these things and you're like, "Am I the only one who sees straight through this?" Yeah, I'm not talking about the Guardian, but just various news outlets um, or various websites in general, blog posts, etc. Mm-hmm. And so it is you do get this kind of affirmation when you read the, the comments that are in agreement with you. you know yeah. it's like, oh, I wasn't barking up the wrong tree there entirely.
1: Mm-hmm. And I find often in comment sections, people ask questions about products. It's kind of a big thing on like the. Part of the internet that I'm on is oh, where did you get that dress? What kind of moisturizer are you using? Yeah. And I feel like that's very commercial and f- hopefully in the soul seeing people's mindsets just wouldn't go there. So
0: yeah. so question asking, yeah. information gathering. It doesn't have to be product though. It's like, oh, how did you stitch that? You mm-hmm. know, very so you know, that's not necessarily a commercial thing. Yeah. So the transparency that you're saying they provide is something like what YouTube people don't like the YouTube removed because they stopped showing the dislikes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like that. And also, it's a little bit like in a lecture hall or in a classroom when teachers always encourage you, ask the question. If you're thinking it, probably everyone else is thinking it as well. Yeah. So there's, I like the information gathering aspect that you are talking about. It's like the Q&A mm-hmm. at the end of a talk, actually.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's cool.
0: I suppose when I think comments, because the clue's in the name, right? Mm-hmm. It's a comment, not necessarily a question.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe if
0: it was called the question section. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. So we'll see. And that's what we could do. Because if you have comments... I love feedback. And I think most people, blog writers, Mm. article writers, video makers, they they really appreciate feedback as well. But maybe the publicness of it is... Yeah. But I don't know. Also, maybe it's so so that you don't get your DM spammed by a thousand comments saying the same thing. Yeah. Rather, someone says, his mic wasn't high enough. Go down to the comments. If that's already the top comments, you don't need to say it again. You can just Mm -hmm. like
1: that one. I wonder, because it feels like... Comment and question, those are useful things, but I feel like what a lot of the, it's like just noise, it's an emoji, yeah, yeah. it's, wow, loved this, just kind of things that are redundant. Mm. So perhaps having different sections, like comments, questions, and...
0: Well, I think react, the reaction thing.
1: Well, yeah, that kind of does it, but then people still feel the need to comment. Yes,
0: they do. Maybe a word, a minimum character count on the comments, yeah, I don't know.
1: It'd be interesting.
0: I was just trying to think of ways we could spin this question and make it a bit more sowasini in terms of designing a utopia mm-hmm. So what's one thing that you think? Sowa comments generally speaking, I like this. I like the minimum char- character count.
1: I like that idea. I like questions yeah. and maybe just having a filter of like if it seems like it's just a bot, the bots get
0: Oh of course cut. Yeah.
1: That's kind of obvious.
0: But the problem is so many people with the comments like we're saying, they could just as well be bots.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Looking great King.
1: But things like that, like you would just have keywords maybe that aren't, okay. I don't know. And then it would discourage people from doing it and wasting their time kind of thing.
0: Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> the next question is about the impulse to post. Yeah. Let's talk about that next. I think this is one of the most oft-cited annoyances of the internet. At the same time, one of the most often kind of waved away as a boomerism. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's just how people experience things. I remember, this is a bit of a random comment, but observation when we watched a film called The Mitchells versus The Machines or The Mitchells and The Machines, the whole fi- it was an animated film, essentially boiled down to this generational difference wherein the daughter, aspiring filmmaker, the way she experiences things is through capturing and posting. Mm-hmm. And the film was kind of like, this is okay. And I was kind of like, is it? Is mm-hmm. that good? Is that fine? Is that even the case? Because I think one of the boomerisms is that we we think that all young people—not we, but generally—people make the generalization that all young people are always just looking through a lens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At concepts and stuff. It's like a lot of them are, but a lot of them aren't, and also most of them aren't all the time. But also, I wanted to make the um, point out distinction between the capturing and the sharing. Those are kind of two different phenomena, almost.
1: Yeah, because if it was a movie about an inspiring filmmaker and they're filming everything then going home and editing it together, it's a little different than directly posting to your story or directly posting things. And I think that's different because it takes a bit more mindfulness to say, "Okay, I'm going to compose these shots and then it's going to make a story or it's going to have this kind of effect on the on the audience. I
0: I guess the IG wives, they remove that distinction, right? The capturing Mm -hmm. is the sharing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I want to try and organize it. The first thing I'm just going to share is something that's been on my mind a lot recently about the impulse to post is how it impacts our relationships. Because when we post everything, it means even good friends that you've known your whole lives, when you get together, there's nothing to say.
2: That's what I was thinking.
1: And it's just like, I've been finding this really frustrating Because I'll go out with a friend and they're like, oh, well, you saw that on my story. You saw that. You saw that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. So like, what are we going to talk about? The
0: the way I wrote this down was that with the capturing, the sharing, the capturing kind of makes people worse observers, worse at living in the present, worse at remembering things, worse at looking around and noticing things and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, really experiencing things. People talk about that often. But the sharing also makes people worse storytellers Mm -hmm. because that used to be such a fundamental part of socializing, right? You gather around the bar, or you gather around at the mall, wherever you are, and someone's going to tell a story about something crazy that happened, and yeah. they're going to, because they're telling it, they're going, and because they do this often, you're going to become quite good at it, right? Or at least some people will. Yeah. I feel like that is is a skill that's being somewhat lost in our uh, in young people who who share everything all the time, everything everywhere, all the time, all the time.
1: Yeah. And like, it means when you're having these experiences, you're going to be mindful of all of your senses instead of just your visual sense, because, you know, you have to relay it to someone later. Whereas when you're experiencing it, you can take a video and then just show it that you don't have to really experience it. There's what prompted this question was we were in a, at an event. Well, there've been a couple of events. Anyway, we're at an event and this person, I saw them like trying to get into the music at once, but then like, it looked like they were literally compulsively taking videos. It was it wanted, it was really strange to witness. And How then I old? went like in their fifties, maybe. Oh, 50s. I find it's it's this weirder like compulsion. It looks less natural when people who are a bit older do it mm. because young people is just like an extension of of their existence. And then a few days later, I went to this candlelit concert. It was like a tribute to Tchaikovsky, and so it was just this string quartet up front in this big old church and they said no phones, absolutely no phones until the last song. And then the whole time people were like almost compulsively taking videos despite knowing that you weren't allowed phones and the poor people who were like ushers had to come up and say, no, put your phone away. But then on the last song, every other person took out their phone and recorded the entire last song And it was just like a strange experience because the quality is going to be so much worse than the professional quality that we know exists that has been recorded for promotion for this event. Um, How do you feel about that? Like people kind of compulsively using the low quality phones?
0: Well, I think again, it's about the capturing versus the sharing. I don't want to cast like a wide judgment because I'm not sure whether everyone is posting this on IG immediately, I'm not sure You know who was there or, or what they were doing with it, or whether, which I think would be the most common defense, I just like taking a picture, taking a video, so that I have something to look back on as a memory, it will take me back to this night, which I personally don't like and don't do, even for most important events, because I like the idea of remembering things how I remembered them through my own senses, forgetting certain parts, inventing other parts, I just think that's part of the the beauty and texture of life, but sometimes people like taking pictures, sometimes people like taking videos. So I don't know, it feels like a bit more like a personal, a personal preference rather than something that we should ascribe to the whole society for the so
2: scene. But that's obviously something
0: which has been pretty much on the rise to an exponential level in the last like 20 years, which I don't like and don't think is great. I had this analogy. It seems to me that it's something like the, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, um, quandary wherein people feel that if I don't show this one thing that happened or this event that I went to, to people, it's as if it didn't really happen. So it's kind of legitimized by, um, the sharing that's how that's how I think it is for for people
1: yeah it does feel like that sometimes like if you just go to a concert and don't tell anyone you went it feels like a
0: waste of a concert yeah,
1: yeah exactly but we need to kind of reframe our experiences in that they're just experiences they're building your character building your existence in this beautiful world and things to talk about later on down the road instead of constantly feeling like you need to tell people about it It's also when people post, it builds their self-esteem. That's like proven to my surprise. It builds people's self-esteem, but it actively destroys their self-control. And I found that an interesting study to read about in that when you post, yeah, you're going to like feel better about yourself because you'll get comments and you'll get interactions and then feel like you're almost building your social Circle to an extent. I
0: think that's a bad thing, though. You know what I mean? People shouldn't... I don't think people should rely on comments, likes, reactions. Mm -hmm. That's what the new wave of social media, be real. Trying to get rid of like Instagram, removing the likes or whatever, so that people... And it's all nonsense, but you know what I mean? Because it doesn't really attack the sharing thing.
1: Yeah, I think so. Another reason I was thinking of for the impulse to post, that there's almost this subconscious incentive that you're going to become an influencer get paid get famous oh, yeah. go that's, viral i think it's
0: conscious in a lot of people really yeah. young people yeah
1: yeah well that's i think a big part of the impulse as well Of oh i'm gonna get the one shot that goes viral right. of this event or well, think
0: about solo scene trying to go solo scene mm-hmm. which has been a nightmare for us trying to do that online because we don't really like being online we have the ig if people want to follow us on instagram you can see alicia doing trends i think you I... do trends on there right she never lets me watch them um <laughs> But so it's seen, right? So, for, so growing things online, be it a, an individual brand or a, or a bigger brand or a product or whatever, it's always just like, be shameless, spam it with quantity over quality. And as Gary Vee says, everyone's favorite entrepreneur guide, mogul, guru. um, guru, document, don't create. Yeah. So it says, so that you can do things quicker and more
2: mm-hmm.
0: quantitatively and more voluminously. Don't bother trying to make anything pretty. No pretty videos, no pretty pictures, no pretty poems. Yeah. Just literally take a photo or a video of what you're doing and chat. So, like for us, for the podcast, right? It would be like a picture of the table before while we're setting up and a caption of like, look what's cooking. Yeah. Or or like us editing and like in the lab. Yeah. And it's like,
1: but it's bringing no value. It's no value whatsoever, right? People. But it's so frustrating when you do spend hours creating a video or a post. Like we used to (laughs) spend hours on these posts and even once in a while pay for them to be like one time, once. Yeah, exactly. Once to be spread out. And then it's just like it gets three interactions. No one finds the podcast from it, but then you can randomly just throw out a trash video that you recorded on your iPhone doing a trend and then it will get like 10,000 views and it's just very frustrating mm-hmm. and everyone I know who has a business like I have a friend who does a knitting blog I have a friend who has a skincare brand and it's just like they always say this that you can just like quality doesn't matter but they to be want shameless it to matter yeah and, and
0: appeal to the, the lowest common denominator yeah. which is what the algorithms do but I think
1: it makes it seem when you look at the internet it's like oh everyone just doesn't care about art yeah. But I feel like to an extent people want to make beautiful and valuable things, but it's just not rewarded based on how Right. As you said, it's kind of all the algorithm flows towards, yeah, the lowest common denominator, the eight-year-olds who are on there.
0: That's a big part of the problem, right? Like the the buying some of the buying the biggest buying forces in the internet economy are just legitimate children.
2: Yeah. So exactly. everyone kind of has
0: to appeal to their tastes. Mm-hmm. I think we're straying a little bit from the point though, but how do we fix the the sharing impulse, as we say, in the solo scene. I had basically an answer which isn't really an answer, which is we need to fix the two sides of the, the coin, which are the sharers and the viewers. Because no one would do this if nobody ever watched. The problem is people do, like, look at that picture of someone editing on a laptop that says in the lab and they do a little react. And because we, we're we so addicted to the feed, you just kind of look at it, oh. like, keep going to the next, like vapid piece of someone else's life which isn't even that that well composed captured shared you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think there's that part and that will probably reduce a large amount of the sharing because people will be like oh this doesn't get anywhere
1: yeah i think that's kind of bottom-up approach is going to be the most impactful
0: making people value their time basically which is kind of the premise of the whole Mm -hmm. internet semester
1: Exactly. And I think another big fix is going to be replacing these interactions with real life versions, posters, etc. Because I often feel like the few times that I will post is to kind of share something that I think other people would like. So be it a news article that you read or sharing the podcast with like the people on the internet and saying, Hey, I think you'll like this Like it's usually it's not necessarily self promotion. Not everyone has a product, but promoting something similar this is really great bakery you all should go support it yes but in the solo scene there'll be clubs where you can just say oh everyone i went to this really great new bakery you should go check it out right now we don't have these places to do that
0: i also think in terms of the like let's say let's say you are a student monday to friday you're in class with other people on the weekends you're by yourself and on the weekend something so ridiculously outrageously crazy happens Mm mm-hmm You see your professor, who you all know, in the supermarket, and his shopping cart is just full of cornflakes. Yeah. Just full of it. So (laughs) you might steal a little covert picture, post it on the snap. Was he cooking? With the little eyes, like, suspicion. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Or, in the solo scene and also in the past, you remember that. Tell it to people on Monday. And, you know, you're like, I'm dying to tell everybody this on Monday. So you get that... I don't know. That's just like the rhythm of how things should be. Like you have an anticipation period. Mm -hmm. You have time to kind of think about in your head how you're most likely going to greatly exaggerate this. It might have actually been like six boxes. Yeah, two carts full. Um, But that's that's why I said the texture of life. Like that's just what, that's fun. Yeah. And also, also important, if something that you think is kind of crazy happens, but you have to remember it till Monday to tell people and you don't remember it most likely it wasn't worth sharing. Like That's mm-hmm. a, another key part. So memory is, acts, acts like a kind of filter like this.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Speaking of filters like this, the meme of the week is everyone's favorite unfortunate high school graduate yearbook photo, Bad luck, Brian, mm-hmm. which was prominent when we were in middle school, grade seven, I think I remember it being just everywhere. Um, in 2012, it was a picture uploaded to Reddit, not by Brian himself. Also, don't think his name is Brian. Um, I was reading all about him today. He's, he's successfully monetized this meme in the decades that's since it has come out. Good for him, he was doing ads for McDonald's. He has merch. He was sold like an NFT of it for tens of thousands of dollars, I think. Um, so I guess I'm not going to say that's a good thing. You know, that happens. <laughs> um, do you remember this meme? What Or what do you remember of this meme?
1: I just remember it would be like the top would be something kind of innocuous, like walks to work. But then the bottom would say...
0: Falls in a hole. Yeah. Just yeah, something kind I of think tragic. Usually the first line is something ostensibly good. Yeah. And then the second line is a, a loophole that makes it bad. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you rub a genie's lamp and you say, oh, I wish I could live forever. Mm-hmm. And then... The loophole, or the monkey's paw, rather, that's what I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about, is that you're sentenced to life in jail. That's Mm -hmm. a bad luck, Brian, right? So you'll forever will actually be in imprisonment, which makes it even worse. So I wrote some down. Um, So the top says, spends all night studying. And then the bottom says, sleeps through exam. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The top says, gets 100% on math test. The bottom says, wrote the wrong name on it.
1: Okay. So just things that are unlucky.
0: Yeah
1: the The top says
0: ringtone goes off at a funeral the bottom says staying alive yeah (laughs) (laughs) i find these weirdly funny i'm not sure if it's just because it tickles like my sense of humor which was probably being formed by it in grade seven it's true um i'm I'm always wary during the meme of the week now i don't want it to be just us praising things that we grew up with (laughs) while also condemning things that are current because i think a lot of today's memes are, are funny yeah very funny and a lot of the 2012 memes are not funny, but Bad Luck mm. Brian, I will stand by and say those are, good. are
1: funny. Okay.
0: Generally speaking. Yeah. I didn't really have any like great insights about this though. I think it's it's kind of charmingly earnest and wholesome when you look back on it. Yeah. Compared to today's memes, but there's a lot of wholesome memes today. So I don't know. I think that it's an an early example perhaps of the stock character meme, mm-hmm. which we haven't really touched on yet in our five episodes of the internet, but we'll for sure mention a, a few more which are an ancient tradition in comedy about a recurring character who represents some part of the human psyche or some guy you know from your friend group, um, and we kind of do a, do a gentle ribbing of them. Yeah. So I think the evolution of that in memedom has been quite funny. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that, like Brian. Mm.
1: This reminds me, kind of unrelated, but I guess we just watched it last night. We watched Lost Highway last night at a cinema and it's rare that you go to see an old movie in cinemas. Yeah. Not necessarily for everybody, but for us, it's probably one out of three that is old. Oh, yeah.
0: More, less than that. But yeah.
1: And so it was interesting to be in a diverse group of people who I suspect a lot of people had seen the film before, if you're going to go out to see it. And there were parts that we abs- like that were absolutely not funny to us, but because it was such a mixed audience, some people were like laughing their heads off at some parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that was an interesting kind of microcosm of humor. And I feel like with these memes of the week, we're going to be kind of exposing our own sense of humor to an extent. And people... Yeah, it's it's an interesting part of the human experience. And I also was looking a bit into the analysis of that film this morning. Right. And the stock characters reminded me of the fact that the second half of this movie, it's kind of like... it's pretty obvious that there's all of a sudden these three characters that emerge and they're all representing a different part of the human like they're all freudian i
2: thought that
1: uh ego id super ego Mm. characters and it was just like i feel like in a lot of movies these aren't as explicit anymore when i watch them this one was a very explicit trying to just depict the human experience And i feel like memes really do that this one is the self-deprecating kind of sad part of yourself and maybe we could try and next week
0: talk a bit more about memes generally speaking
1: yeah perhaps i think that's
0: good and how they represent the different parts of the human the human i like that
1: yeah and it might I mean, we, link we're kind
0: of doing that on a wider basis throughout the semester yeah we could talk about it more kind of overtly yeah directly the last section of the episode is to showcase some pretty websites that exist today because we thought that would be a solo scene thing. Like, what are some websites today which, in the solar scene, their design or their function will persist in some way that we think is utopian? Yeah. Because I just feel like most websites are bad. Most websites are annoying to navigate. Most websites are ugly, especially the biggest ones. Yeah. So we thought let's find some hidden gems. Or yeah. in my case, not so hidden. Because the first one I wanted to talk about was Wikipedia. Okay. I think Wikipedia is great i always thought that in school when teachers were dismissive of it they were too dismissive i think it's even if you want to be very kind of rigid and studious about the sources that you're using wikipedia is a is a great entry point because at the bottom of every article right there's a massive Mm -hmm. list of citations so you can go down these rabbit holes and but i just think design wise it's very simple it's very functional it's quick to load no ads it's just like easy to navigate, intuitive. I like Wikipedia.
1: It's intuitive, but not so simple. Like, yeah. I feel like so many websites, it's like there's two buttons, home and event. Yeah. And it's like, to an extent, that's not intuitive because you're like, well, I want the hours or I want to know mm-hmm. the frequently asked questions. And then, so Wikipedia has like enough options of things to click on that it, it makes sense a bit more than these super simplistic websites. I've always liked Wikipedia as well. It has a slight, like, you have to be a intelligent reader to, like, know if something's all of a sudden really biased, someone's edited it. Yeah, of course. But for the most part, it's very well monitored because yeah. people take pride in I their mean, contributions. I mean, I honestly think
0: Wikipedia is, is a good source, but I understand why teachers, you know, tell students to be hesitant about it. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking more about the design. Yeah, I just think it's, we take it for granted. Yeah. It's a great website.
1: Yeah. My first one is Patagonia. It's probably my most well-known choice. It right now isn't what I was thinking of, but right when they sold all their shares to the the Patagonia Trust Fund, it was really, the website changes a lot. It was really cool. You clicked on it and it was just these documentaries that they had sponsored and it was very hard to get to the close. And I kind of liked that you have to get through this barrier. Yeah, but the landing
0: page is not asking for money.
1: Yeah, you have to get through this information about endangered species and the impact of clothing on the environment to get to your purchasing. Right. And I liked that design feature. Another one that does the exact same thing, but it's lesser known, is called Critical Danger. It's this really cool red and black website, and there's like these super zoomed in pictures of animals, and it's about endangered animals. Mm-hmm. And they have merch, and all the money goes towards supporting the preservation of these species yeah. but the website itself is really cool it's one of those ones that kind of like rolls as you scroll down yes i don't know how to describe it besides rolling i think it might
0: be called parallax effect but okay. i haven't been on the website so i'm not sure
1: yeah so it kind of like everything morphs into each other and it, it's a cool website and it's it's very earnest in its messaging it's not deceptive i feel like a lot of the times these cool websites try and like wow you with bells yeah, and I whistles think that as well.
0: that's one of the, I didn't want it to be like a hate section, a hater section. Yeah. But I had to, when I was looking for nicely designed websites, I had to get through a bunch that people were like, wow, this is so fresh and modern. And I was like, these are all identical. They're yeah. incredibly minimalistic, flashy animations. Yeah. All smoke, no, like all style, no substance. There is mm-hmm. nothing to this website. It doesn't need to exist besides yeah. like people think this is a cool typeface, even mm-hmm. though it really isn't. Uh, next one. Well, actually the next two that I'll come together, Lee Chess a light chess, Mm -hmm. and something that I doubt you've thought of since your high school days, Agario.
1: Definitely haven't thought of Agario, you're right.
0: Did you used to play it? I think so. So a couple things about Agario. For those who don't know, it is just, it's an online game where you play as a colored dot, collecting other colored dots, being chased by other colored dots. And you try and get bigger. (laughs) And if you get big enough, you will show up on the top five or top ten on the top right of the website. Mm -hmm. I went on it today, I played one. I made it to, like, 25th or something. Nice. I never played this in middle school and high school when everyone I knew was playing it. I don't know if kids are still playing it today. The landing site, like, when you first go on it, is quite ugly. There's a few ads, and it's not so good. But once you actually get into the game, I always just thought it was so clean and cool. And I liked how it was a server of people all around you. Like, I liked how people in school used to set that up. Mm -hmm. So, like, a room full of people all playing the same game. it was cool. And... It's just, a, it's a nice looking game. So there's that. And Lee Chess, I mean, I think I've already shouted this out on the internet semester once, but I just think it's a it's a very clean website. There's no ads. It's very fast. It looks great. You can do a bunch of different things. It's open source and just so much better than chess.com. Don't use chess.com. Okay. That's not good.
1: The moral of the story. Don't use chess.com. Yeah. Okay, my next one is Epochs. This is my favorite website of all time. It was only in functioning from 2016 to 2017. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the only places I've been on the internet where I've perhaps ever actively learned something and retained it for years (laughs) because it was unique. It was well-designed. The website is like not super special, but it's slightly ahead of the curve in its minimalistic design and kind Mm -hmm. of the scrolling function. But it's a, just about fashion history for the most part and sustainable fashion. But it's about sustainable fashion through the lens of fashion history. Not just like, we need everything to be made out of hemp. It's like, well, this is the purpose of this sweater yeah. historically. So maybe think about that when you're buying it. Kind of a social sustainability to fashion. And I just loved all the lessons and it was all so unique. I find lately when you find an article, it's then repeated on Medium And even, like, news outlets circulate the same article. Yes, of course. Which I really don't like. And this obviously was... um, I mean,
0: that's what memes are, basically.
1: Yeah. So I just liked that it was unique and preserved in this one website. It's called Epochs. Don't know if I said that. Right, you did. But feel free to look it up if you like fashion history. They have a new website that, like, it's run by two guys. But their new one I don't like as much because it's a bit more like GQ. Mm-hmm. Almost exactly like GQ.
0: Speaking of preservation, mm-hmm. the other website I will mention is called CameronsWorld.net. And I just found it today. It is an archive of GeoCities, which I guess was a kind of social media where everyone made their own page in a MySpace style network. I think it ended in 2009. So it's already it's quite old. And Cameron's World, it's just like, it's a. How would you describe it? I showed it to you. It's a page of like blinking, old-fashioned internet, pixelated memorabilia, random stuff. You click on it and it'll take you to something like that original page that it was from.
1: Yeah, it feels like the early internet. And all the icons weren't just squares or words. They're like a A UFO, a planet. And I always liked that.
0: It's very maximalist. Uh, yeah. It has music playing when you go on it, which I really, really like. I know some people don't like that, but I think it's great if there's an obvious way to turn it off, which there is on this mm-hmm. website. And I mean, I'm not really like an early internet aficionado. I don't think pixel art is that cute. I don't really get excited when I see like a 90s mm-hmm. website. And I'm like, oh, look at this. It's so cool. What I liked about this more so is how different it was. Yeah. Because like I said, so much of quote unquote good web design is utterly homogenous. Mm-hmm minimalist, canva e is what we call it, like Canva, the site for online graphic design that so many people use. And this, it was different, which I liked. Yeah. And it it had something of a purpose and also it had something of fun to it. I feel like so many websites and so much of the internet, it's so sleek and minimalist and serious that there's no fun in the interaction and you never want to be on there for more than a minute.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Because it's always like, well, what's the point of this?
1: Yeah. So and this I,
0: it, it was it was kind of like scrolling around a thrift store.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. This website I feel like will greatly inspire any Solacine website designs. Maybe not this one in particular, but I just think when you're designing a website, you need to not be afraid to have a cat as the cursor or have like a, something running around that you have to try and catch. Like have Exactly. It's like a little annoying, honestly. Like I, think I it's don't great. like when curses are something other than an arrow. Okay. But it's it's kind of gives it character. It's something. And it will make you remember the information that you then gather yeah. on that website. Even
0: if it's slightly worse. Yeah. It's, it's slightly something.
1: Yeah, I think we need to not be afraid to be slightly worse.
0: <laughs> slightly ahead of the time, slightly worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another one I had was called com. It's spelled M-A-R-J-A-N-V-A-N-A-U-B-E-L.com. Or just type in something like Netherlands Pavilion 2020. Because this designer I learned about, or this design firm, I suppose, I learned about uh, around the time of the 2020 X World Expo, which I think was in Dubai. Because they were doing this cool solar panel pavilion and they do like solar powered um, products, basically. But it's a bit more of a design studio than it is a a product company. The website is just very sleek. I'm aware it's not that unique because I think a lot of different design firms or architects, their websites all look kind of Blurry and futuristic and cool. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, at least it's, it's blurry and futuristic and cool. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I liked
2: that one.
1: I so. think that a lot of artists' online portfolios are probably yeah. the coolest websites. They have like font going everywhere and there's music and there's different things. But it is kind of like, it is just your portfolio. Mm. Like, it's not, and every, it's not Wikipedia. It's not something you're interacting right. with every day. It's not on Instagram because these bigger websites like instagram or even you could say gmail like it needs to be accessible to absolutely everybody um and you you, they want it to be recognizable
2: yeah the
0: thing with the bigger websites to me is that they're always like they're just always terrible to navigate maybe not instagram so much because that's designed for the phone Mm -hmm. but you look about you look at facebook on a desktop is awful amazon on a desktop is terrible twitter is terrible Mm. it's like they're just they're always so over-designed and probably deliberately uh, labyrinthine in the navigation and just ugly. Like the colors are just always
2: ugly.
1: It's so frustrating. Like I've had Facebook since I met you, so what, seven years? Yeah. And I still just have no idea how to get to like my profile <laughs> because recently my mom messaged me and said, someone's been posting all of these like weight loss pictures on your profile. Oh, And I was like, that was me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this, this like 13-year-old girl. That I knew from home anyway. It, so was, this a, whole it was a thing.
0: it was a spam though.
1: A spam. But I it took me like three weeks to get them off my profile because I like went in and clicked on them and I said report. I assumed reporting them would take them off. Right. And they didn't that didn't take it off. I blocked her. That didn't take it off. And then I had to go through and like do some weird like changing the permissions on your it was like so weird. And it's like, why am I so old? But I feel like it's not necessarily just everyone who's old. Like, I feel no. like even young kids don't know how to...
0: Well, they don't use desktops, for one thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, maybe Facebook, the mobile app, is good. I kind of attest to that. Who knows? Uh, my last one that I wanted to mention, kind of the opposite of the Netherlands Pavilion one, is called Canberra USA. C-A-M-B-E-R <laughs> USA. And they make sweatpants, hoodies, t-shirts, things like that. Very basic, made in America, 100% cotton garments, mm-hmm. hard-wearing, And I was found this website when I was looking for some sweatpants, like what Rocky wears. (laughs) Couldn't find them yet. But anyway, the website is just so static and so simple and so dated. And I love it. It looks like a catalog. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It looks like a catalog. I think the Yeezy website actually, when that was still, if we're allowed to reference that, when that was still, (laughs) uh, when that was still happening was quite similar in that it was just deliberately lo-fi, I suppose is the word for it. Mm -hmm. Which again, I'm not into like things being old for the sake of it and Mm -hmm. an internet aesthetic. What I like is the the raw functionality of it.
1: Yeah. I always like when I'm looking for yarn or for handmade like wool items or anything like that, it's always like this random farm in the middle of Nova Scotia in the woods and it's like, come visit us. And then it just has like pictures of their products and like a (laughs) few pictures of their llamas and says, Mm -hmm. meet Philip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is where your gloves come from.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: We were talking about that though, that buying clothes online, it's almost a one-to-one trend that... The more complex and busy and kind of modern the website is, the worse the clothes are. Yeah. Those farm ones, like, the quality of it is just going to be rock solid. And usually the prices will be fair. Like, it's, always, yeah, it's, it's always good like, like that.
1: Okay, it'll be $12 for these handmade yeah. mittens. Something and it's I, like
0: I always okay. find on on bigger websites is that they it just annoys me through the use because loading takes so long. And we don't have poor internet. And I'm not using, like, a Stone Age device um, because there's so many, like, pictures. It's like you don't need to see this in movement all the time and like mm-hmm. a massive, unskippable video of the like models swishing around in this jacket. Yeah. So I like I like how Camber is just this is what it is. Buy it,
2: don't buy it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My final one is Fila Explore, which is like the sneaker brand Fila. And this website is just cool. You go on, it is a a blank grid. And then there's four words on the page it says Canyon woods elements mountains and then your cursor is a compass and you go over the word and it just kind of fades in in this watery way a picture of a canyon yeah and then you click on it and it'll bring you to the to the product Mm. and it's like i'm not a big fila fan but the website interface was interesting yeah because i like when websites use places there was this one award-winning website that i kept seeing recommended and it's like you're walking down a grocery aisle. Then you come to this pineapple at the end. And it was ugly and terrible. But I was like, well, why aren't there more episodes, uh, more websites, where it's like you're walking around the aisles. You look on the shelves, kind of like Google Maps. Yeah. So that's my big advocacy point. If you're a web designer, make your websites like Google Maps where you're walking around the streets. Right. And
0: the thing is, Google Earth, people yeah. would say, well, it's less convenient. And it's slightly less convenient, for sure. Yeah. But at least it's slightly something. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's an There's an element of, if you really want to buy it, work for it make those few clicks to navigate to where it would be in the Mm. in the store can we think of any other kind of um overarching trends or underlying conclusions that we can come up with about solar web design i think texture is something that's so missing from from websites it's always just one flat color or one flat gradient very digital looking i love when websites use photos our solar website is not my favorite website i have to say It's a very flat color, and it's making me think that maybe we should spruce
1: it up. Yeah, Yeah. why not? We don't think about it too much, but (laughs) maybe we can spruce it up a bit, and then people will see it if they go to buy the zine in the future. Yes, buy Mm
0: -hmm. the zine. So mine is music and texture.
1: Okay. I think for the Scene internet, it will be, yeah, just more fun to be on, but not addictive. Okay. No ads. No ads. It's kind of obvious. More like real life, to an extent. In that maybe you have to put things in your cart but then you forget your visa and you, maybe have, to you go. have to
0: manually drag
2: them yeah to your cart.
1: yeah oh. they just like so a bit more texture to it and even like i was thinking i went shopping in the mall a couple days ago and i went into the store and i was going to buy this thing like i went there to get it then i was like i'm just gonna leave it here and come back later and think about it before i buy it and i feel like you don't really do that online you just see it you click did you buy it i did end up buying it i some, thought about it and now i know yeah. i don't regret it
0: something that's annoying to me is when you do that and then you get spammed by emails in the coming weeks like mm-hmm. oh you forgot this in your cart it doesn't make someone want to buy it, it no. makes me want to not buy it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so get the zine try and take some stock of your internet use perhaps think about it sure get inspired or maybe notice things that you don't like about it
0: and email yes. us because we like to hear your comments
1: Bye, everyone.